Good afternoon, Breadcom, Quezon City. Ang gandang hapon po sa inyong lahat. Can you just turn to somebody, find, try to find a new face and smile at them? Kahit malayo, can you just smile to someone? We, I, I can see new faces. Welcome to Breadcom. Right, um, can we bow down our heads and let's ask the Lord for His grace so that His word could be preached. Lord, thank you for by your blood and your sacrifice and your mercy seat, we can come to you and approach your throne. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth. Father God, we pray for the Holy Spirit to guide each and every one of us, open our hearts and our minds, and allow us to see you on how the, the gospel and on how your word describes you and who you are to us, O oh God. Father, as we, as, we share, as, as we share and partake of your word, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would, your word would burn in our hearts, O oh Lord. That your word would like, be like fire shut up in our bones, just like Jeremiah, and in, in a way that we cannot contain it, Father God. Speak to us, Lord God, personally, and speak to us, Lord God, as a community. We submit to you and commit to you the preaching of your word this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our sermon for this afternoon is entitled, Firebrand of the Early Church. Um, we aim that uh, after this sermon, we would have an idea on how, how the church ought to look like. And we would base, of course, from the book of Acts. But before we dive into the scripture, what is firebrand? Why did, why did we use that word? Well, firebrand, <clears throat> when someone is known for being wildly devoted to a cause or idea, they are called a firebrand. Meron ba tayong mga firebrand dito? So, a firebrand enjoys pushing buttons, and stirring up passions. So if you know someone who is into, into stirring up passions and trying to change things very passionately, you can call them a firebrand. Now, we know that the early church is so radical and amazing and somehow the 21st, 21st century church looks at them as a firebrand. No, pwede natin tignan sila na, pag tinitignan natin sila sa Acts, we look at them as our firebrand. We refer to them as a, a glorious church. We, we pattern what we do today based on what they were doing in their time. So to us, at some point, they could be firebrands. But, this afternoon, we have yet to discover together what is the catalyst of the powerful movement of the early church. Who is the early church's firebrand? So our text is found on Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Samahan niyo po ako. If you can open your Bibles, turn your Bibles, or swipe your Bibles with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching 
and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing in one mind in the temple, Continuing in one with mud mind in the temple, excuse me. And breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Luke, the writer of the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts, paints to us a picture of the early church. And this passage has commonly been referenced to identifying the essential marks of a healthy church. No? Pag gusto mong i-gauge yung church ninyo, kung you are doing fine, this passage is used we check or we gauge or we measure our, our health as a church through this passage. Binabangga natin dito sa passage na ito. Now, John Stott, in his book, The Living Church, summarized this passage by identifying the marks of a living church. So one of the books that strongly influenced me while I was starting out as a pastor is John Stott's The Living Church. It's very practical, very simple, easy to understand. Now, he summarized this into four essential marks. Sabi ni John Stott, the living church is a learning church. Devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Number two, the living church is a caring church. Dito sa Breadcom, marami tayong care group. Okay? So parang nasa 50% na tayo. Okay? We are a learning church, we are a caring church. And number three, the living church is a worshiping church. Okay, paano niya nasabi yun? Because of the early church observance of the Eucharist or breaking of bread. And the living church is an evangelizing church. Hence, the Lord added to their number daily. Everybody say daily. I remember Pastor Nomer mentioning a few weeks ago how he longed to see that daily, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, until Sunday, there is an addition to the breadcom family or community. Do you want to see that? Do you want to see that? Sure? Alright. So, that's according to John Stott. Okay? But if we would just imagine the scenario of the early church, okay, reading through Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, mamamangha talaga tayo sa kung paano sila bilang isang iglesia. Okay? We can see a deep passion for God's Word. Okay? Ang ginamit na term doon is devoted. Okay? Ang devoted is a very passionate word. Ginagamit nga yan para sa pag-ibig. I'm devoted to you. And these people, if we will 
look at them. We will watch them. They are devoted to God's Word. They have deep passion for God's Word. Ano pa? They are continually devoted to also meeting together. They are faithful in their worship. They are faithful in their worship. What else? They are radical. Everybody say radical. Radical in their love. Imagine they are selling their possessions, which is, by the way, is not required. They did it voluntarily. They were selling their possessions, their properties, so just to make sure everybody has, uh, everybody is attended to. And they gave as somebody needed. That's glorious. Amen? That's radical. Imagine pag nakita po natin yan dito sa breadcom. Or even sa buong church, the body of Christ. Sa tingin nyo po, mahihirapan tayong mag-evangelize? Sa tingin nyo, mahihirapan ma-attract yung mga tao towards the glory of Jesus' bride? This is how, how it looks like. Now, reading through this passage, My question is, have they always been this way? Have they always been this way? Are they super Christians? Or were they a prime breed? Are they a better breed than us? Have they always been this passionate about the truth? Lagi ba silang ganon from the very beginning? Have they always been this devoted Continually devoted to the apostles' teaching, to meeting together, to breaking of the bread, to sharing and caring. Have they always been this way? So, I read through the previous passages and I was trying to look for a passage saying that Jesus held a church growth training seminar. I was looking for that. Or maybe there's somewhere here that says, Jesus prescribed the program for the early church to execute. I was looking for that. Because that's how we do it today. If you want to do something in your church, if you want to see something grow in your church, attend a seminar. Attend the training. Not that it is bad, but that made me try to look for that same activity here. I'm searching, even in the Gospels, where it says that Jesus actually introduced a church growth strategy that made this wonderful church experience the phenomenon of daily being added to their number, people who are being saved. So let us look at the timeline. Balik po tayo sa... Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 verse 2. Until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen, to this he also presented himself alive. Everybody say alive. Excuse me, Pop. Alive after his suffering, by many convincing proofs, 
appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. So yung timeline po nito is at the time when Jesus has resurrected from the dead already and He has already ascended into heaven to the right hand of God. Nakakalungkot no, sa kultura nating mga Pilipino, we pertain to this, ang nakuha natin dito sa, sa passage na to, yung 40 days, na pag may namatay, we superstitiously believe that that same that soul dwells on earth just like Jesus for another 40 days before pumunta siya sa final destination. But we are missing a lot, no? Dahil yun lang yung na-apply natin culturally. Here we, we we will find the timeline where all this transpired. So going back to my question, have they always been this way? Considering this timeline, and since the book of Acts is picks up only where the Gospel of Luke left off, we will find an intersection of these two books. By the way, Acts and Luke are written, and the Gospel of Luke are written by Dr. Luke. And he's known to be one of the most chronologically organized writer of the Gospel. And ako nga, just, just reading... How convenient is the arrangement that after the Gospel of Luke, there, what comes next? Acts. Diba? After the Gospel, there are Acts. So, parabang, I want to just take it that when you experience the Gospel, it's inevitable that Acts will follow. Well, of course, it's just title of the book. Traditionally, the, the, the book of Acts is entitled The Acts of the Apostles. But if you will read through the book of Acts, the, yes, the apostles appeared in different chapters, but it is Jesus who's constantly at work through the Holy Spirit in every single chapter. So if I would consider a more appropriate or accurate title of the book of Acts, I'd rather, I'd rather uh, use the title Acts of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So, the last chapter of Luke, Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1 are in the same timeline. So if you want to find more details, we can go back to Luke 24. So, my question a while ago was, have they always been this way? So in Luke 24, we will find out what was the prevailing emotion or what was the prevailing thought in their time. So dun sa Acts chapter 2, nabasa natin na nag-uumapoy yung mga disipulo ni Jesus. Nag-uumapoy yung kanyang church. Pero pag titignan natin sa Luke 24, no, just a few weeks before Acts chapter 2, by the way, okay, ito po yung makikita natin. Luke 24, verse 13, And behold, two of them were going that very day to the, vi the village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. Seven miles po um, from Cubao to Magallanes. Yan po yung seven miles. Nilalakad lang nila yan. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. 
So they were talking about Jesus being betrayed, flogged, crucified. They are basically talking about Jesus' death. Continuing on Luke 24, verse 15, while they were talking and discussing Jesus himself, sino po? Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. So they were blind. They were unable to see Jesus walking with them. Yes, Jesus prevented them from recognizing him. They failed to recognize him. They are so blinded by their grief. Now, my question to you, no, para makarelate lang po tayo. Were there times in your journey with God that you felt alone and He seemed distant? Was there a time in your journey with Jesus that He seemed to have hidden His face from you? Well, in this passage, we can be assured that that Jesus has not stopped working or walking with us as He did did not stop walking with them. And yet, there are just those times that He hides His face for a reason. What the disciples are experiencing in this passage is totally relatable to what we experience today. That sometimes in our grief, when we are in the midst, <coughs> we're in the midst of our troubles, we tend to lose sight of God and not recognizing Him even though He is so near. What else? Luke 24, 17. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you were walking? And these guys who were walking towards Emmaus, they stood still looking sad. They were sad. They were not celebrating. They were not jubilant. They were, going back to my question, have they always been that way? In Acts chapter 4, at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And here we find just a few weeks before, they were sad. Malungkot po sila. How do we know that they're just a few weeks uh, away from from the date. Because this is in the time where the Jews were celebrating the Feast of Pentecost. It happens 50 days away from the Passover. So, andun lang sila sa time, timeline na yun. Okay, And before they were told to be like, like the way they were in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they were blind and they were sad. What else? Luke 24 Verse 18, one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? Sino po yung kausap nila dito? Si Jesus. No? Minsan, mahuhuli po natin yung sarili natin na tinatanong natin ng Panginoon pag tayo'y bulag at malungkot when we are in despair. Minsan, hindi natin maiwasan tanongin ng Diyos, Are you aware? O ikaw na lang ba yung hindi nakakaalam? Nalugmok, nalugmok na ako sa mga problema ko. Ikaw na lang ba ang hindi nakakaalam na itong mga bagay ay, na dinadala ko ay bigat na bigat na ako? 
Just like Cleopas who asked Jesus, sabi niya, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which had happened in these days? Ano po sagot ni Jesus? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word in the sight of God in all the people. Alam niyo po ang Panginoon, pag nagtatanong siya sa atin, hindi naman, naganap, hindi naman siya naganap ng information. Eh. When Jesus asks us questions, He's not looking for information. Nagtatanong po siya, or Jesus rather asks us so that we can find where we were or where we are and realize where we are standing. So, Jesus asked them what things, and the disciples answered, the things about Jesus the Nazarene who was a prophet. If you go to, to Matthew chapter 16, they have already known, or it was already revealed to them, to them that Jesus is the Messiah. But then here in Luke 24, hindi naman nila sinagad yung unbelief eh. Hindi naman nila sinagad na hindi siya galing sa Diyos. But now they call him a prophet. And they even speak highly of him as a prophet that he is mighty indeed and in word, in the sight of God and all men. But then they have, they have still demoted Jesus because of their unbelief, calling him a prophet instead of calling him a Savior, King, Messiah, God. Verse 21, sorry, verse 20, and, had, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. They confirmed that Jesus is dead. Verse 21, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. So talagang nag-give up na sila sa truth that Jesus is the Messiah. No? Sabi nila, we were hoping, akala namin, siya na. Yan tayo sa mga akala eh. No? Akala namin, siya na. And how did Jesus respond to them? How did Jesus respond to them? In Acts chapter 1, verse 3, to this, He also presented Himself alive. Everybody say, alive. Ang ganda nung kanta kanina, um, I am alive. Because of, because you first love me. Ganda, no? So dito, puro alive, mababasa natin. He presented, presented himself alive after his suffering by, me, by many convincing proofs. No, but kaya kailangan ng many convincing proofs? Okay? And appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. So, andito po yun. How did Jesus respond to them? Number one, He presented Himself alive. They thought He was dead. They were hopeless. They were blind. They were sad. And they were full of unbelief. So, Jesus presented Himself alive. In Luke chapter 20, 24, verse 1 to 12, proof number one, the stone has been rolled away. 
But on the first day of the week at the early dawn, they, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they had found the stone, the stone rolled away from the tomb. Proof number two, they did not find the body. Wala siya doon. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord. Proof number three, the angels pertain to, to him as living among the dead. No? While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? So sobrang clear, even in Luke chapter 24, that Jesus has been proclaimed alive. And the proof goes on. The angels tell them directly that He has risen. They reminded them what Jesus has said, and they remembered. But what's the early church or what's the disciples' initial response? Unbelief. Sabi niyo nga po, unbelief. Kahit Ang dami-dami ng proof, even in that time, na buhay si Jesus, nandi pa rin sila naniniwala. So yung tanong ko kanina, have they always been this way? Parang ang layo-layo nila. Andyan ba kayo? Ang layo-layo nila sa pinag-uusapan nating nag-uumapoy na iglesia. They were sad, they were unbelieving, and constantly unbelieving. Kaya sabi sa Acts chapter 1, Jesus had to convince them using many proofs. Kaya nagpatuloy pa si Jesus sa kanyang proofs. He proved that he is alive in the road to Emmaus. In his res- when he talked to the disciples who were going to Emmaus, he rebuked them in Luke 24, 25, and he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets that have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things to enter his glory? Pinapaalala niya na eh. Ang bagal niyo. No? Ang hina nyo. Christ continually proving Himself alive in Jerusalem. Nagharap-harap na po sila. Luke 24:36. While they were telling these things, He Himself stood in their midst. No? Hindi na sila nakukuha sa angels. Hindi na sila nakukuha sa journeying with them to Emmaus. Tumayo na ang Panginoon sa kanilang kalagitnaan. In their midst, and Jesus said to them, Peace be to you. Luke 24, 37, But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. Grabe, ang tindi ng unbelief. No? Ito yung constant na inis ni inis ang Diyos mula pa po sa Hebrew narratives, mula pa sa Genesis hanggang sa Gospel. Na obvious, na obvious na, andyan na siya, and yet we continue in our, in our unbelief. They were start, startled, they were frightened, and thought that they were seeing a spirit. Hindi pa rin nila makonect. Now what they see is the risen king. And there's more unbelief, unbelief, unbelief. And he said to them in verse 38, Why are you troubled and why, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Jesus rebuked them. And in His mercy and grace, He has shown more proofs, many convincing proofs. Kaya sa verse 39, He showed them His hands and, his hands and feet. See my hands and feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. 
And when he had said this, he has shown them his hands and his feet. And why they still could not believe it, grabbing extended unbelief na ito. Sabihin mo nga sa katabi mo, break lang. Sabihin mo, maniwala ka na. Grabe yung extension ng unbelief nila. Kinakapanan nila yung mga butas sa palad ng Panginoong Yesus. Unbelief pa rin. And while they still can believe, medyo nakakatawa to, sabi niya, may makakain ba? Sorry sa mga millennials. Sino nakapanood ng Casper? Di ba pag kumakain si Casper, yung ghost, nahuhulog lang? Hindi yun talaga yung naisip ko sa, ano na to, sa scenario na Sabi ni Jesus, ang tagal naman maniwala ito. May makakain ba? And they gave him, gave him broiled fish. So he ate it. No? Ini-imagine ko to in my head. I'm a very visual person. So I was, I was trying to imagine na binabantayan kaya ng mga disciples kung yung kakainin niya babagsak sa sahig. There was constant unbelief. They were so far from what Acts chapter 2 verse 42 was describing about who they were. They were so far from it. They were so far that it is impossible to imagine that these people, these followers, these Jesus once believers can, can make it. What else? How, did, how else? How, how did Jesus... Respond. Jesus proclaims his kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. Okay. Acts chapter 1, verse 3b. Appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Kung meron pong sa, oh, kung, kung ako na lang, hindi ko na po kayo idadamay, ay may nananatili na lang sa akin 40 days sa aking buhay. Wala po kong ibang, ibang gagawin kundi yung mahalaga lang. Wala akong ibang sasabihin kundi yung mahalaga lang. And Jesus knew that He is gonna stay for, for an, just another 40 days with His disciples. And He only spoke about these things. He proclaimed to them His kingdom. Una, He proclaimed to them His resurrection, that He is alive Pangalawa, Jesus proclaims to them His kingdom. Luke 24, verse 44. Now He said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Okay? So in these books, the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, Jesus was pertained to as a king. Kaya nga po yung mga Jews hindi makapayag na siya na yung Savior because He came in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. They were expecting a king. So, dito pinapatunayan po ng Panginoon in response to what the disciples, the prevail, what, what is prevailing in the hearts of the disciples, pinapatunayan na siya'y buhay at siya ay nagahari. And in Luke 24, verse 45, I want you to catch this. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. There, they, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Alam niyo po, walang ibang paraan para maunawaan natin ang salita ng Diyos. Kung, 
kung hindi siya kikilos upang buksan ang ating mga isipan. Do you believe that? Andito ho tayo, nabibless tayo ng Word of God pag nag-aaral po dito, simply because the Lord has opened up our minds. When we do our quiet time, our devotion, our personal time with the Lord, we understand the Word, not because we are brilliant, but because the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. And Jesus reveals Himself to us as He was doing to these unbelieving disciples. And lastly, how did Jesus respond to them? Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, verse 48-49 to You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending you forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This now takes us, sorry, until you are clothed with power from on high. So this is also probably the same uh, past, the same verses that, per, that, that is mentioned in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. So cross-reference po ito. If you go to Acts chapter 1 verse 8, ang sabi po doon, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after saying these things, he ascended to heaven and the angels appeared to tell them that he shall come back the same way. The Holy Spirit is promised. Gusto mong, isa sa mga pinakamakapangyarihang pangako ng Panginoon sa atin ay ang banal na Espiritu. So pastor, what does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Okay. Bakit tayo sinasabihan ni Paul, be filled with the Spirit? Ano ba ibig sabihin yan? Do we, do we take more of the Spirit? Do we pray to have more of the Spirit in our lives? No. Being filled with the Spirit is the Holy Spirit taking more of us. Diyan ba kayo? Taking more control of our lives. And baptism is not only used in the religious or spiritual community. It was used in the marketplace. Ginagamit yan ng mga nagdaday ng cloth, ng, ng mga tela. That when they want to change the color of a cloth, if it's white and they want to turn it to red, they would dye it, put it in a basin where there's red um, dye and water, and they, they would just put the cloth there. And then when they, when they remove it, once was white is now red. So being baptized in, in the Holy Spirit Ang purpose niyan is so that we can be more like Christ. That we can reflect more of Jesus in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hindi po ito parang superficial, mystical powers na parang, Holy Spirit, come. Hindi po ganon. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit takes control of our lives. And Jesus promised them that you shall receive Power. Everybody say power. Okay. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, how were the disciples able to respond from sadness and unbelief? He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Now, how does this correlate? How does this correlate to the devotion of the early church? Pastor, parang ang na ng nilakbay natin. How does this correlate? 
in Luke chapter 24, we can see that Jesus presented Himself alive. And in Acts chapter 2, we will find Peter presenting the resurrected Christ to the early church. Acts chapter 2, verse 22, Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through Him in your midst. Just as you yourselves know, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. Kanina, sinasabi nila na, na si Jesus daw ay, ay napunta sa kamay ng mga ng mga ng mga Roman soldiers at siya ay pinatay. As if, wala siyang magagawa doon. But now, Peter talks about what happened to Christ as God's predetermined plan. Imagine the change from unbelief to understanding that everything that transpired is suffering, crucifixion, and resurrection was actually a predetermined plan of God. Okay. Verse 24, But God raised him up, putting an end to the agony of death. Peter presented the resurrected Christ, just as Jesus presented himself alive to them. Acts chapter 2, verse 30, Peter proclaims Christ as king, as Jesus proclaims his kingdom being restored, starting from Israel. Let me read. And so, because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. So yung pinag-uusapan po dito ay si David. Because God has promised him that, that it is in his descendants, no, that he will never lose a descendant on the throne. In their time, they thought it's just another king, another son. But then, here we, we can understand that, Jesus, that God was promising to him Christ. That once Christ is enthroned, his reign is for eternity. Nakakasunod po tayo. Peter proclaims Christ as king. Lastly, Peter promises also to them the gift of the Holy Spirit. Also mentioning to them, or reading to them from the book of Joel, but this is what's spoken through the prophet Joel, and it shall be in the last days, God says that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men will see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So how did the Jews respond to Peter? No? The disciples were able to respond because Jesus opened their minds. But how were the Jews? Yung mga tao, yung 3,000 people whom Peter was preaching Two. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. Alam niyo po ito yung gusto ko sa Panginoon eh. 
Yung habang mas nakikilala mo siya, mas nakikita, nakikita mo na kung anumang magandang nangyayari sa buhay mo o sa church, wala kang kinalaman. Siya ang may gawa. How are they able to respond? The gospel pierced them to the heart. That they were who they were, not because they were good, not, not because they were great. We have established already that even the apostles were sad, unbelieving, and blind. And yet we can see just a few weeks after, because of what Christ, how Christ revealed Himself to them and how Peter preached on what Christ passed on to them, that they were a church that is on fire. They are so alive. Friends, what am I proposing this afternoon? Jesus is the firebrand of the early church. And Jesus, the recent Savior King, is the firebrand of the 21st century church. Trainings, seminars are good, but it's not the answer if you are longing to see these things happening in this church. The only way to get to this level of ministry, of koinonia, of fellowship and devotion is going back to Christ. Having the gospel applied in all the aspects of our lives. Because in the same power that Christ has resurrected Jesus from the dead, the same power is at work in us. Amen? The same power is at work at Breadcomb Quezon City. Amen? The same power is at work in our, in our marriages in our families, in our leadership, in our work, our businesses, and our schools. Same work. And if I can just break this down to a personal level, what are the areas of your life today or relationship and ministry that seem hopeless, dead, dull, unresponsive or deteriorating that it needs the resurrecting power of Christ. Ano po yung pinagdadaanan natin na parang patay? Na parang siguro pag tinitignan mo yung aspeto ng buhay na ito o itong mahal mo sa buhay na ito, na parang they seem to be immovable as if they are dead. We can go back to the truth that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. What is your attitude towards the gospel? When was the last time your heart was pierced by the gospel of Jesus Christ? Kailan yung huli na naantig ka? When was the last time your heart burned within because of the word you received from Jesus? How is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? To what level do you allow the Holy Spirit to take control of your life? What are the areas of your life that you have comfortably accepted already and that you allow it to remain unchanged and unmoved even though they don't reflect God's glory in your life? How is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? And last, when was the last time you witnessed to someone that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is King, and He has promised the Holy Spirit. Let's all bow down our heads.
in prayer. Lord, thank you for you are alive. Thank you for you first loved us, O God. Thank you for what we, what, what we dream as a church to be a vibrant and alive church, Lord. God does not rely on us, on our efforts, on our leadership, on our trainings, on our degrees, but it completely relies on the finished work that you have done in the cross because you have triumphed over death and now you are seated in the heavenly realms at the right hand of the Father. Thank you, Lord, for you think it best to leave us on earth so that you can be with the Father, so that you can send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to give us, bestow us power that we could be effective witnesses to our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to some of us here right now, to other parts of the world. Thank you, Lord, for you can change things in an instant. That once, that the ones who were blind, sad, people who are in despair and unbelieving, through the revelation of Jesus Christ and the piercing of hearts through the gospel and the opening of minds through the Holy Spirit, we can be another we can be another person. We can live in a new nature. We can live from another place. Father God, we thank you so much that you have given us your kingdom and you have given us your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I pray that, this whole, that the Holy Spirit would take control of every aspect of our lives. That you would cause us, just like in Ezekiel chapter 36, that you would put your spirit in us and you would move us to follow your decrees. We cannot follow you on our own, God, but we know you're strong, you're sovereign, you're king, and you can make things happen and change things, change things in our lives that are not pleasing to you. So, Father, we thank you for we know that you are a firebrand and you will not stop until you see this church on fire. In Jesus' name, amen.